We are knocking on the door of another weekend. We're almost there, but before we get there, let's get to another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. Hi there, I am Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you again on another Friday. I love starting off my weekend with you, the listener. And today, I'm very happy to have with me in the studio a friend of mine named John Hodge. John is... Uh, young man who attends my church, and he's a committed follower of uh, Christ with a passion to share the gospel with others. And that is really one of the heartbeats of speaking for him. So I think he fits with the overall vision of what we're trying to accomplish with the podcast. So, John, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, guys. It's really good to be here. and I appreciate this opportunity to come talk with you guys and share with the listeners. All right, John, I'm getting to know you more and more um, every week, but a lot of my listeners probably don't know much about you, so could you start out by telling us a little bit about your family and your growing up years? Okay. Um, well, I'm a brother out of a family of six, well, a family of eight and six kids, three boys and three girls, and I grew up in Cedar Springs, Michigan, just uh, north of Grand Rapids, and I grew up in a Christian home. I was raised with lots of prayer and reading the Word and going to worship every Sunday, which was a wonderful foundation builder for me. And even though I strayed pretty far from that, uh, the Lord brought me back, and He's been making life just more and more glorious through Him every day. And that's great. Um, could you? I, I know you just kind of alluded to the fact that you wandered away from what your parents had taught you, and then found your way back. So could you go into a little more detail about that journey and how you came to know Christ at the end of it? Definitely. Um, well, there's a verse that always comes to mind, and that's uh, it's out of Proverbs, I think, and it says, train a child up in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it when he's old. And now that I'm older, I'm back with the Lord, so I guess you could say I didn't depart from it, but in those teen years, I really went far. I was in a rock and roll band. and. No. We were just into the whole, just playing concerts and partying with everyone and the whole nine yards that comes with that. And I just had this hunger inside of me, you know, and I always would try to fill that with different pleasures. And you'd go drink and, you know, it'd feel good for a little bit, but then you'd, you'd be done doing that and you'd still have the hunger. It didn't satisfy. So you'd go do some drugs or something and you still have the hunger. No matter what you did, you couldn't fill that hunger. I just went in that lifestyle for years, and life just got worse and worse and dreary and darker. And I always, I always knew about the Lord, and I believed, as far as I know, fully in Christ. But I had zero desire in seeking Him. And then one day, I don't even know how it happened, but all of a sudden, just these wretched lifestyle choices I was making, these things that I was doing, started dropping out of my life. Like flies, I just started having the desire just to get away from these things, and one by one, and then I just started getting into the Word of God and just really diving in deep. And then I had the desire to go back to church, and this is when I went to a church called Northwest. It's in Grand Rapids, which is in a way our sister church, I guess. And I met a lot of believers there, and the Lord just really used them to bless my life tremendously. And there's actually, if you don't mind, there's a verse that I always like to share when people ask me about my coming back. That's fine. Sure. That's okay. It's fine. actually a couple verses in two spots. 
But it's just, it's so beautiful to me. This is the one that just always comes to mind when I think about my life. And the first one is in, is in Isaiah 53. And it's talking about Christ. It's verse 4 through 6. And it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he's wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that was that was my life. I was just like a sheep. I'd grown up in the fold, but I'd gone off looking for what I thought would be better things. And it was miserable. But then the other verse is in First Peter chapter 2. And it says, For here, in verse starting verse 21, For even hereunto you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in the steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he is reviled, reviled not. Again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Whose own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. It's just so, so amazing to be returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls and to find the joy and true life. So, praise God. Well, Absolutely. That, that's, that's a great story, John. And it just, it just shows how God doesn't give up on us. And Amen. I think of that often when I think about um, if I can digress ever so slightly, when I think about the, the rising amounts of divorce, even mm. among people in, a, in the church, and people, people make excuses like they say that, well, I married the wrong person or I made a mistake here, and so now uh, divorce is the best option for getting out of it. God says he hates divorce. Why mm. is that? Because God does not forsake us. If we are his own, like you said, you believe that you are truly converted, but you still weren't living mm. like a converted person. Mm. But there was only so far that God would let you go Amen. before he pulled you back because he doesn't let go of his own. And so if marriage is going to be the true picture of Christ in his church, then it has to be one man, one woman for a lifetime. Amen. And I know that that's not the topic of this podcast, but it's one of my biggest burdens is mm. to see families uphold Christian values and the blueprint that God laid out for them. Wow. So pardon that slight digression, but I just felt I had to put that in there. So um, getting back to our main conversation, one of the reasons I wanted to have John in today was because he recently took a trip to India now, I know he had a primary um, family reason for going, and I'll let him elaborate on that in just a second. But he also, I think, had a goal to do um, some evangelism as the Lord might open the door. So could you tell us a little bit about your trip to India and what prompted that trip? Well, my sister married a man from India, and they wanted to go to India and have an Indian version of the wedding. And so somehow it came about that our whole family was going to go, which is pretty cool because we have never been on a vacation together. So, oh, they, wow. so yeah. your your um, brother-in-law and sister were already married at the time. Yes. They just wanted to have an Indian wedding. Indian also. ceremony. Okay. Yeah. And so we, whole family and even my uh, mother's sister went along and, 
which it was all very incredible going across the world when I had never been out of the country. And we got to India, and it was just c- complete culture shock. Oh, I mean, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. And the, a couple of the most notable, noticeable things I noticed about India was that, well, it was all, where I was anyhow, it was all palm trees, and it was always sunny, at least this time of year, and it was very hot. We left from winter, you know, about 20 degrees, and we arrived there, and it was 80 degrees. Wow. Which was a complete change. And the Indian people don't see too many white people, I guess, because they would just stare at us and want to touch our skin and just babies would cry when they saw us. And it's just <laughs> crazy the, the shock and amazement they had when they would see us. And it was a completely beautiful country. Is all so much agriculture there. Like as far as you could see, it would just be fields of different produce and coconut trees and everything and it's a completely beautiful country well that that's great and um you stayed a little bit longer than the rest of the mm. family did what did you do after they left well i decided to stay with my brother-in-law's family and just be able to experience india even more and just what regular life living there is and uh, little digression. You were just talking about marriage, and something about the Indians are they they have arranged marriages, which to me seems like it wouldn't work very well. But their divorce is almost unheard of there, and it's so extremely rare they stay committed, and it's pretty interesting to see that. And they they're wonderful people, but there's there's many things I notice about India that definitely need prayer. I mean, for one, they the idolatry is crazy there i mean they have something like three million gods they say oh my and goodness literally everyone has their their statues in their houses statues in their cars there's statues lining the streets everywhere of these different gods everywhere and it's it's even the the churches there had like they'd have like three story tall like pedestal type things with like statues of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. I mean, so even the churches were just like crazy with statues and not just the Catholic churches either, but you'd see like Baptist churches and everything. And so it's all just this huge cultural thing, even in the churches. And you would see, and this is just, I was in Andhra Pradesh, which is in Southern India. And I've heard of other places like Kerala that has a very large movement of Christianity and missionary. But where I was, what I saw was the churches they seem really culturally culturally ingrained with the rest of the Indians in their religion. They just call themselves Christians, and these ones call themselves Hindu. And they'd be side by side in their daily life, and their daily living, and their their worship would almost seem the same. But so, they're sorry, go ahead. So Christ was more of an add-on, yeah. at least in the Indian culture at large, instead well, of the God. Yeah, where where I was at least, and I don't want to speak for all of India because mm-hmm. I was in you know one area, and there's many other areas. But where I was, that's what I saw. It was more of a, you know, you wear a cross and you say I'm a Christian, and oh, I'm a Muslim, or I'm a Hindu, and they would just all be together. And what they talk about isn't their faith or their gods, but well, and John, if I can be so frank, I, that's not too much unlike the America that we see today. Yeah, yeah, know? I think you're right. Um, there, we're in a place where it's cool to be a Christian. As a nation, people even still to this day throw out the fact that we're a Christian nation. And yet you look at the popular media and anytime somebody speaks up for Christ, 
as long as they're not using his name as a curse word, they are uh, bleeped as if they did curse. Yeah. Or they their mics are cut off at mm. high school graduations. Or they're threatened with... Like, I, I heard a story recently about a guy who was a valedictorian this past spring at his high school, and he was planning to go to the Naval Academy, and his school got so mad about his valedictory address that not only did they turn off his mic, but they threatened to write a letter to the Naval Academy disparaging his character. Wow. Um, even though, if you ask me, he's just the type of sailor that the Navy needs. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but... I know we're going in a lot of different directions today, but this is I think this is turning out to be a really good discussion. Good, I'm glad. But I just want to to encourage people and to remind them that yes, um I think America is very guilty of that too, that mm. that that Christ is something to pull off a shelf when it's popular and cool. But um God doesn't want Christians in name only. He doesn't want fair weather followers, he wants sons and daughters. Amen. And he doesn't have any grandchildren either. So make sure that you have made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ as John has. Amen. And as I have. And I know it's evident in Adam's life as well. And one, sorry. Absolutely. Go ahead. I was just saying one thing is you, you can know for sure that you are saved. And I would recommend reading First John because it talks all about that. All right. Well, thank you for that. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, do you have, I know you talked a little bit about what you saw. But do you have a particular memory that when you're thinking about your India trip or when you're telling people about it, that comes to mind first and foremost? Mm, let, let's see. Um, one big thing, and this this was slightly confusing for me because I met this pastor and he invited me to come to his church. So I went to his church. It was, I when I got there, it was in this remote village and... I'm pretty sure I'm the first white person they'd ever seen because they just couldn't stop staring at me. And <laughs> got they, they crowd around you. And they, I mean, they want they want your autograph and stuff. It's weird. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty crazy. That and, is. Um, I went into this church and I was thinking, oh, this is really cool. I get to experience a Indian worship service. But they took me and they sat me in a chair in the very front center, facing towards the people and. They did this interesting ceremony where they draped some cloth around me and said lots of things that I didn't understand. And they gave me something to drink and some food. And then they just they wanted just me to talk about America and tell them what it was like and stuff. And and then they wanted to hear about my church, which was encouraging. And they asked for a prayer. They asked for my church to pray for them, which was also encouraging. But it was, it was kind of a disappointment because I really wanted to see what a Indian worship service would be like. But instead, it was more like I was put on the pedestal instead of Christ. So. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds kind of uh, suspicious and creepy in some respects. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think of when, when I think it was Paul and Barnabas or Paul and Silas, one of the two groupings, were were brought into this courtyard. I forget where they were ministering, but they were thought to be gods. And, uh, and Paul said, you know, we're mere men. We're just yeah. like you. They ripped their clothes and they wept because they realized that if these people didn't understand that they weren't, they were not Zeus and Hermes. They were mm. just Paul and Barnabas or Silas or whatever, whoever mm. the other guy was. And they were just men, mm. men who needed a savior. Amen. Just like every man needs a savior. Amen. And I, I, my emphasis tries to be every week on this podcast is to encourage the believers in their faith in Jesus Christ. But also, I need to encourage those who have not yet become believers to put their faith in Jesus Christ. 
to realize that nothing we do can merit salvation for us. Only the blood of Jesus Christ and only his grace offers us salvation. While we are yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, as it says in Romans 5. And then it says in Ephesians chapter 2.13, It is God who worketh in you both to will Amen. and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. And he wants to do that. That's the exciting Amen. thing. He wants to do that. But he can only do that if you let him in. Amen. Adam, I have one more question, I think, for our friend John here. But do you have a question for him? I did have uh, uh, one question. I I'd heard that when you and your family went over to India, it sounds like you had stayed longer yeah. than the rest of your family. So I don't know if you had like a coupon or extended stay or what the no, story was, um, but my, uh, what's the story behind that? My uh, brother-in-law is, um, I don't really know what his position is. He's called like a, I forget what his position, but he's a big time. He goes to huge businesses like AARP and like, Oh, things wow. like that and okay. he consults to them and so he's always flying everywhere so he has really good i guess you could say hookups in the airline yeah and so he's able to just say okay um you know let this guy stay you know i want to move this ticket like this and you know a ticket to get over there cost uh something like 1500 but Ooh. I, wow i only had to pay 700 because i bought it under his name okay so it was it was convenient to do that and then i was just able to stay as long as i wanted and then the return date could be on my choosing. Wow. And so I stayed for like two months, and my sister also stayed, which was really nice. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's neat how God, God worked it out and allowed you to spend that extra time because India is one of those places where unless God calls you definitively there, which he could do, I know you're praying even now about where he wants mm -hmm. you long term. Yeah. But... Uh, in a lot of ways, in a lot of respects, India is kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime type of things. So yeah. it's good that you're able to stay there and soak it up a little bit more. If, if I could just mention something about yeah. India is there's definitely a huge need for mission work there. And the interesting thing is the majority of the people speak English. And even the ones who don't, half the time, half their words are English. So it's they're very easily reachable and they're very open to hear about Christ because they're all very open about God and mm -hmm. gods, as if you will. And when you're talking to somebody in India, this this question I wasn't planning to ask this, but it's a good I think it's a good question. When you're talking to somebody in India about Jesus, um, since they have many gods, how do you, in in your interactions anyway, what's the what's the easiest way that you have found? Maybe you don't know yet, but what's the easiest way you've found? To differentiate, to say, no, I don't want you to add Jesus to yourself of gods, but to realize that he is the one and only God. Yeah, um, a couple of things that came to my mind when I was talking to people, and I definitely don't have this figured out yet, but a couple of things that came to my mind were things like, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father except through me. And verses where God's saying, there's only one God, and just... Those different verses like that and just trying to show them, look, God says there's only one God and Jesus says he's the only way to God and that he is the son of God. I don't he, think Jesus ever used the word maybe. No. <laughs> Did I, I, I think he used the, used the definitive article all the time, right? Amen. So we can definitely use that when we're witnessing to others, you know, the way, the truth, the life. Mm. So that's, that's just something that's very key to remember. 
Well, as we wrap up today, first of all, John, I want to say thank you very much for being here. Yes, thank you. Um, it's my pleasure. And I, I do have one more question. I told John off air that this was totally open to his, uh, how he felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he agreed to answer it. So we're going to go ahead with it. Um, for those that don't know, um, just a few weeks ago, uh, John's father went to be with the Lord uh, rather suddenly, yeah. despite the fact that he was sick. Uh, none of us expected him to leave us so soon. But this trip to India was significant for another reason in that it was a trip that he took with his dad. And ironically, his dad was kind of resistant to the idea at first, mm. but he ended up going. So, John, how um, special was it looking back to realize that you had this last vacation and this time in India with your father? It's it's really special. It's 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 wonderful because looking back and my dad he he was always very busy with what the things he was doing and he definitely took time for his kids and wanted to spend time with us but a lot of times we'd be too interested in what we were doing and lot, and then when we were interested he might be interested in what he was doing so we never spent that much time with him but when we did it was wonderful and then he was resistant to this like you said and then he decided to go and that was I stayed longer, so I, you know, we had the wonderful two weeks with my dad and the rest of the family there, and then they went home, and I was still there. And so when I got back, he had already become quite sick. So that was really the last I saw my dad as a healthy man. And I don't know if we're, are we running real short on time or? Go ahead. Got a okay. more, absolutely. Because a couple of things I'd like to share about my dad real quick is, one is, I was at work, and we got a call. Your dad's in the emergency room. We, you got to go. So we jumped in the car, and we drove, and no sooner than we got in the car, and we're going, you got to call. Dad's passed away, guys. Oh, my goodness. And the very first thing that came to my head was um, First um, Thessalonians 4.13. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will bring God with him. And it, and it goes on and on. And you should, I would encourage you guys to read it in First Thessalonians chapter 4. But it, it, just, and it talks about comforting each other with these things, that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And this was the very first thing that came to my head. God just poured his word into my head the moment I found out my dad. So rather than being sorrowful and full of grief, I was just able to encourage and comfort the others in the word of God. And... I haven't, I mean, I'm obviously missed my dad very much, but God just says to me, he says, he is with Christ for eternity, and so are you going to be with Christ for eternity, and you're going to see your dad for eternity. So there's nothing to be sorry about. There's something to be joyful about. And a profound, profound thought that God gave me was, my dad doesn't sin anymore, which blows my mind to think about. That's Absolutely. true. Because he's present with Christ Amen. now. So Amen. that just blows my mind. And Well, John, we're very thankful that you joined us today. Mm. Uh, we'll be praying for you as you continue you. to seek God for your future. And we thank you for giving us these insights on India. And mm. we will definitely keep India in our prayers as well. Thank we thank you all out there for listening. We pray that you will take to heart the things that John had to share, the things that I shared, and that you will embrace jesus christ amen because without him none of life is worth living amen and with him this life is not the end 
Mm. For the Speaking for Him podcast, this is Andrew Gamison saying, keep serving the best of masters.